Hello, and welcome back to the Dinner Table Podcast, where we bring the conversations to the dinner table that your family wouldn't. My name is Griffin Wiles, and today I am so overjoyed to be joined by not one, but two special guests to discuss black mental health after Jada Vassar, who I'm joined with, to my left, wrote an amazing story about black mental health at MSU. And we're also joined by podcast coordinator Shakira Maybone. Hello. We're just going to talk about it today, and yeah, I'm very excited yeah. to learn more about the story, and as two black women, I'd love to hear about your mental health experiences at MSU. Yeah, so um, I really wrote this story because coming in as a freshman on Michigan State, I really felt alone, which is weird because I have a twin sister, so we came in together. Mm-hmm. So people would think, oh, you're one of the lucky pairs that came with your sister. You already have like your built-in best friend, which I did, mm-hmm. but... You know, me and her are two different majors. She's a film studies major, and I'm a journalism major. So we really did not see each other till we both went to bed at the end of the night. So throughout the rest of the day, it was just me. So coming into classes where I'm one of maybe two or three black people in the class, it felt very isolating. And I'm like, okay, I'm the not common denominator, which was really weird for me because I went to all-black high school. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely something I had to get used to. And then coming in with my own mental health struggles from high school and all the things I overcame, it kind of broke everything back down on me. And it's like everything I worked so hard to do kind of fell through because I didn't have anybody up here. And everybody I tried like to go seek and find, they weren't reachable. Or I just thought they didn't exist because there were no you know, flyers out there for black mental health. There were no flyers for clubs out there that were tailored to black students. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, in essence, I felt like I was doing this college thing by myself. And Michigan State is huge. So walking on this campus as a freshman for the first time, I was like, I don't think I belong here, actually. You know, maybe in my head I said, yeah, but now I don't. So I... Can I just add on? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I almost definitely felt like that, too. Like, at first, when I graduated from high school, I was like, ooh, you know, I got this, you know. You know, I'm the big (laughs) boss on campus. But then... Like, a couple months in, I was just like, uh, you know, what you call it? It's it's a term for this imposter syndrome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where you just don't feel like you belong there. Like, I had that problem, like, maybe three months in. I was just like, uh, yeah, nah, these kids are, like, way more talented. Everybody is ahead of me, you know, like, with journalism and stuff. So I was just like, mm, you know, I think I should just, like, you know, step back. But, yeah, I most definitely get what you're saying, Jada, so, yeah. Yeah, and then the tag back on to the imposter syndrome is interesting you say that because being here, like, two or three months in with journalism, like I said, it felt like I didn't belong, and I didn't see any other black students doing what I did, really, when I first came here. So, in essence, I was like, okay, if nobody else is doing this journalism thing, I'm not about to do it either. Like, I contemplated so hard switching my major. I'm so glad I didn't. Yes, but the same. thought was so, it was just running through my head. Because, you know, you see a lot of black students in accounting. You know, they're athletes. Mm-hmm. They play sports. Yeah. I am not athletic. So me that was either. not the route for me. Like, yeah. I was a band kid, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to join, you know, MSU marching band. Which, nothing is wrong with them. But I just was not, I don't know. I just kind of grew out of it, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Yes, and it, it also felt like I was trying to change who I was to mm-hmm. fit in with the common people. Like, yeah. I was changing what how I grew up. I was kind of not making lies, but just twisting the story a mm-hmm. little bit yeah. to not seem like I was the weird one because nobody wants to feel like the weird one. So 
going into a class where Listen, it's 2022 <laughs> who cares at this uh, point now, yes now as a sophomore <laughs> i do realize that yeah but going into these big lecture halls with 60 kids and there's only two black students in there and then we didn't talk at all because we mm-hmm. felt like the outcasters so we said okay we're not even gonna sit by each other we're just gonna be here and here mm-hmm. i it felt like i was changing who i was which i didn't like so this is why i wrote this story i wrote the story to let all these black freshmen that are coming in now know that you don't have to change who you are. Yes, it's kind of hard that we have to okay. find groups that that are tailored towards us and want to help us, but they are out there. And there are mm-hmm. professors out there that are willing to help you. You just have to, like we always do, take the extra miles to get what you want, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah, for sure. And I, I can kind of relate on the feeling like an outcast or having to kind of change yourself because as a gay man, and it's kind of harder. Yeah. It's hard to mm-hmm. tell sexuality of other people and I don't like I speak to my gay friends and my straight friends very differently so kind of trying to yeah. have to toggle yeah. between those like you constantly switch like I get what well, I most definitely get what you're saying like you just switch in between like okay this is my group of friends so I'm just gonna be like you know chill versus that group of friends you know then I'm I'm, I'm gonna yeah. turn up you know yeah so yeah. I most definitely get what you're saying Griffin like yeah <laughs> And it is, like, did you two kind of feel like you kind of lost parts of yourself because you were trying to, not trying to, like, cater to these other groups, but you didn't want to feel othered by them, so you had to lose some parts of yourself to kind of feel more... Yeah, I definitely can say definitely my first and then maybe a little bit of my second semester my freshman year I felt that way because since we are on the topic of mental health, I can say some of my mental health struggles. I, I I deal severely, I have a serious anxiety disorder, so social situations are really hard for me in general. So in essence, being around people who didn't look like me or who couldn't connect with me on a specific way, like my family could or my high school friends could, mm-hmm. it made me really anxious and it made me not want to reach out to people. And I love talking to people. I love getting to know different groups of people. I love trying to see who you are, where you come from, but being so overwhelmed with other people who are not like you for the very first time, it made me very closed off. And my second semester, I really had to think, and I said, okay, Jada, yes, you go to a predominantly white institution, but you shouldn't change who you are because you are a black woman. That's the fact. So you have to be a black Black woman. woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, even if I may see a few black people here and there on campus and then I never see them again. There's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. us being those people who the incoming classes look to so they know they'll have a place here. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do. I'm yeah. trying to make sure that the students who come here now don't go through what I did and don't leave. Because a lot of black students leave because they feel that isolated on a big mm-hmm. campus like this. Exactly. They yeah. don't see themselves. So I want to make sure that through Whatever I do, whether it be writing, whether it be you know documentary production, because that's my minor, um, I want to make should. sure I highlight my people because they deserve to be highlighted. And I feel yeah. like there's a lot of things black orgs and black people do on this campus that deserves to be taught, that deserves to be shined, even with this podcast with Shakira. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be something that needs to be out there and highlighted more than once because mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. We do just as much as the dominating race, but why are we not talked about? Exactly, yeah. Yes, as she should, my diversity rep. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I think it's interesting, too, being in journalism. Um, at least a year ago, there were no tenured black professors in the J school. Exactly. And really? I've only ever had one non-white professor in a journalism class. So I can definitely understand how you go to these classes and you're surrounded by 
people, and you went to an all-black high school. And wh- where'd you grow up? Yeah, I went to all. Well, it was yeah all-black high school. It was majority black, and then like a little speckle of Hispanic students because I went to River Root and River Roots, Michigan. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can definitely understand how it could be. I don't want to say culture shock, but mm-hmm. like you kind of feel like a fish out of water when there's all these people. Yeah, no, that that's exactly what it is. It's culture <laughs> shock, but it's it's the reverse side of the culture shock because yeah. you think, okay, a white person coming into like all black neighborhood, that would be culture shock. But yeah. people don't talk about the reverse yeah. that black people can black. go through culture yeah. shock too. Because, like I said, you know, you meet all these groups of people and your interests don't line up. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, where what, are we going to fit in? Where, right, where yeah. are we going to go? Where did you come from, number one? Because <laughs> we, even down to, like, music taste, like, yeah. it, yeah. it can get really, like, deep, and that can really affect you because if you're not seeing you and seeing someone who at least has something similar to you, you're not going to feel like you fit in. And mm-hmm. college is the one place where you should, I know people always say you should try to put yourself in, but you shouldn't have to force yourself into something. Because then, like I said earlier, you're not going to be yourself. You're going to make yourself into this imposter to fit those people you're trying to impress. But you shouldn't impress nobody. You should Mm -hmm. find who you want to find, connect with who you want to connect to, whether they be black, whether they be white, whoever. Just be true to yourself. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and so now we're, you're a sophomore now? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm also a sophomore. Oh, my gosh. So, second year at MSU... How are you feeling now? Are you feeling a little bit better in regards to being on campus and interacting with every person on campus? Most definitely. I just have the mindset of, you know, just put yourself out there, but don't put yourself out there to the point people just looking at you like sideways, like, "Mm, okay, is she doing way too much? Like I just said, be true to yourself, you know? And I just, I don't know, I just got really comfortable in my skin, you know, just changed I just had a whole different mindset change like okay well just put yourself out there like even here in the newsroom I was just like okay well I don't know I'm just gonna stay to myself because I was well not intimidated but like intimidated in sort type of way but I was like okay well try to talk to them <laughs> why not yeah. <laughs> try to talk to other people you know not just not just you know like white people just everybody honestly because it's just like why not, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I definitely agree with you. And, yeah, being in my second year, I have to thank the experiences that I've had to make me more comfortable. I've yeah. had a lot of opportunities here working at the State News. This was my first ever, I guess you could say, real-world adult job on yes. campus. So working here, it got my name out there. So it got yeah. me to knowing other professors and just talking to people. I think it's really important, like I said, if you go out and search for those things because – the GLUB, I'm a part of National Association of Black Journalists. Shout out to y'all. Me too. Shout out to <laughs> the, NABJ. The old e-board, one of the old e-board members, his name is Julian. He worked for the state news. So mm-hmm. he sent the link for applications while mm-hmm. we were on winter break. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get it because I don't really have that much experience, but I guess I'll go ahead and apply. And I got accepted. So being here, it got my name out there. It got me used to working with all kinds of people. So when I go out in my classrooms, I can apply those same skills into the classroom. I can talk to my professors. I can talk to everybody in there. I can work on my reporting skills. I can work on my writing. It helps me do what I want to do. So I have to thank the experiences that I've had at Michigan State, which have been a lot for a sophomore. I'm very blessed to have done what I have done. And I hope that what I'm doing and what I continue to do, I just like to be a role model. I like to be a role model for people, but I don't like to be the stereotypical role model where my life is perfect. Because it's not perfect. It's not. Nobody's life is perfect. Yeah, I want to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I didn't have a good Mm -hmm. first year at all. 
But I'm going to show you that my second year, we're starting to ease up and we're starting bounce to back. do more things. What Big oh. Sean said, bounce back. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All of that. And then some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So were there any other um, ways that you kind of became more comfortable being on campus? Yeah, I mean, kind of like I said, it's it's a process. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week. It's not even probably going to happen in three months. It's all something you have to do. You have to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in if you're not going to speak up for yourself, nobody will. Yeah. So as being a black student, you have to put yourself out there. You and have to speak up for yourself. Yeah, and I can, can I add on to that? Go ahead. What you just said, I just had to learn that over the summer. Oh, my goodness, because... I would just be like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to deal with a, uh, you know, a situation. I'm just going to distance myself. But no, you really got to put yourself first before everybody because it's just like if you don't, you're not going to get your, your start, like your shine, you know? Mm-hmm. So you also have to advocate. And I just feel like people that's in, let's say, these marginalized groups, we also have to advocate for ourselves because nobody's going to have our back and we're not going to get the recognition we need, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to advocate for yourself and putting yourself out there and talking to people. You'll see the connections. Like with me, I talked to the black students in my class and they said, hey, you should join NABJ. I mm-hmm. went to, you know, participation in Spartan Remix and I saw their table and that's when I joined and I've been loving it ever since. I'm even on the e-board this year now. Gosh. So you have to, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's so incredible. you have to put yourself out there. And like I said, you have to speak up for yourself, even if you what you think is the meanest thing ever. If it's true to you, <laughs> say it. If it's going to help you out, just say, say that. Because nobody else is going to say it for you. I just told myself that over this past weekend and week. I just had an eventful week, but that's another podcast for now. That's, <laughs> maybe that's another podcast for now. But, yeah, I most definitely get what you're saying, Jada. Yeah. So then in terms of, in general, the university being more accommodating to black students, because historically, I'm just going to say it's a predominantly white university. Mm -hmm. So um, do you think that the university should make mental health treatment and awareness more accessible to non-white students? Yes, I think it's going to take some time because Michigan State, you know, it's stuck in its ways. Which look like yes. most universities are, even HBCUs. They're stuck in the way that they run things, so it's going to take them some time to, one, see the issue, mm-hmm. and two, do something about mm-hmm. it. Um, I talked a little bit about this in my story. I said, if you're going to have mental health resources for students, you need to make sure there is someone that looks like and fits to the agenda of all the different races you have at this university. So, for example, a white therapist couldn't help a black student because they don't understand what it means to be black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I heard a... I'm sorry, but... You're good. (laughs) I heard a lot of stories about CAPS, like, no disrespect to CAPS because CAPS may help, you know, somebody... CAPS may not help to the other person. But I just heard, like, a lot of stories about how CAPS doesn't really help because... There's too many, I guess, white therapists and things like that. And it's just like, I don't know. I think the black community is just like, I don't know, like more safe to open up to like somebody that look like us. Because like Jada said, they just, I don't know, they just get us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I said, you wouldn't get the issue. You wouldn't get the struggle of having to wake up every day and being the outlier in your class if yeah. you were not black. So talking to someone who has the implicit bias of a white mm-hmm. person 
they would not get the harsh truth that we would be telling them. Yeah. So it would be a situation where they would say, oh, just connect with the people in your class more. But it's to the stance where it's like, they're not talking to me because I'm black. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Yeah, they... That's the reason that it's yeah. not because I'm a bad person. Yeah. They're not talking to me because of the color of my skin. So yeah. what can I do so it doesn't bring me down in the long run? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I'm saying, I guess the start of trying to find those resources is just hiring the professionals who look like the demographic, the lower mm-hmm. minority at this school, to yeah, help them open up. those with, you know, lower incomes too because yeah. – Mental health is really a thing when it comes to students, you know, to those that don't have, like, come from a bigger income background. I can go on days and days and days about that, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, and even with staff at the university as well, I mean, the university should, in my eyes, because I went to CAPS my sophomore year, and they paired me with, Queer woman therapist. Which How I, was that? I don't think I said I was queer in the. Oh, in like in the, the form. In the maybe? form, or I might have. I don't know, but oh. I got paired with her, and she was like, um, "It was very interesting because all of my friends who were gay who went to Caps had the same therapist. Interesting. The same, the same like the, the same woman and everything. Yes. And yeah, that's the problem. We need more. We need, yeah, <laughs> more, and we need more diverse because yeah. yeah. If she was the only therapist for queer students, like, what, or yeah, like, what yeah. are you supposed to do with that? Like, yeah, no, there's I, more queer students than and she has like, hours in the day. I feel like people that have their biases, they will be like, oh, well, you should be grateful that we have X, Y, and Z. And it's just like that X, Y, Z is not giving enough, you know? Yeah, yeah the X, Y, and Z is still not up on the same level as what exactly. white people yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then that's a really good point. Just when I say hiring the professional staff to look like them, I don't mean hiring just one person. Yeah, because it's too many students for that one person, one person to handle. Yeah, we need to. Michigan State needs to create teams. There needs to be multiple people joined together to help these students in need. Yeah, because like you said, that's a really good point. If she's hosting. 25, 30 kids, she's not going to give all of them the adequate help they deserve. Mm -hmm. She's going to do the, okay, you'll be all right, talk to people, you know, get more sleep, journal, and bye. Mm -hmm. So that's all you're going to get, and that doesn't help people. We also need to not go, I guess I want to say, keep going to the standard therapy mental health resources because talking to somebody on a couch with a clipboard in a white room does not help everybody. It doesn't, like... I used to go to therapy a lot when I was, like, younger. It was like I had a good therapist, but she left for whatever reason. Then I just had, like, this other white lady. I was, like, 9, 10 at the time. So, you know, I already is not going to open up because, you know, I'm a kid and mm-hmm. I was stubborn, you know. Yes. <laughs> but she was just not trying for one. And it's just, like, that kind of made me feel some type of way because it's just, like, what if I was, like, on the board a lot of, you know, suicide <laughs> you're just not going to do anything. You're just sitting there just like, you know, oh, how do you feel today and things like that. Like, yeah. I don't know how to put it, yeah, but yeah, no, maybe no, no, no. you can yeah. help me out. No, 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 that, makes, that makes a lot of sense because, like you said, people, they don't respond to the how are you feeling today. They'll be like, oh, I'm okay, and then that's all you're going to get. And mm-hmm. it's like, because people, okay. people don't okay. open <laughs> up that way. You yeah. have to. 
provide different ways to help people, whether that be sitting in a room listening to their favorite song while they just cry. I don't know, but, like, not just talking yes. to people. There's other ways of releasing the stress that you have, but people have to be open and willing to doing other things than just talking to people. I feel like a lot of times people... I feel like a lot of times people just don't want to take the extra mile. They just want to do the standard and then go on about their day. But in actuality, the groups, with the college group that are mostly here in Michigan State, age 19 to 24, we are the highest rates of suicide. Yeah. Because there are not these organizations that are here to help us. Mm-hmm. So doing the change now, we could help lessen those percentages. Because I did a presentation my freshman year in Jern 108. Mm-hmm on anxiety rates and depression rates at college and the rates were astonishing like okay wow. i was like okay yeah some kids come in you know sad or they might have a little anxiety but kids like our generation 2021 who graduated they're coming in like high because we yeah. got off of covid our senior oh, year yeah. was online yeah, we're too. going yeah. back on the campus still with high rages of covid but this is our first interaction with all these people with- and we're not adjusting well. Adjusting, mm-hmm. right. Because we just came from, like, an all-black setting yeah. to an all-white setting. And we was barely in class during COVID. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it's just yeah. a really big leap we just took, and, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially going from that period of isolation to another period of isolation. Exactly. But you yeah. don't have to be isolated anymore. But yes, the circumstances, like, I, I would feel so trapped. And yes. It's it's a very trapping situation, but like I kind of keep saying, you just have you just have to you know take the extra mile. Which the black community, when I say that, they and we know all too well, you have to keep taking that extra leap, and it gets tiring, time and time again. But you have to keep doing it, and unfortunately, that's just the society we live in. So you know if. What I write can help the next organization to figure out what they need to do or help the next the next black student. I'm going to do that because I love writing about my people and I think we deserve more recognition than what we get. Yeah, we really do. Like, I really agree. Yeah. Yeah, I do fully agree. And I'm, I hope that strides are taken soon because there are more than just white people on this campus. Yes. And yeah, sometimes I feel like the university forgets to take that into account. Yes. Um, so, Jada, this was your first byline with the state news, right? Yes, it is. Yes. It was... Literally phenomenally written. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Literally phenomenally written. Um, is there anything from the story that you hope that whoever reads it holds on to after reading it? Um, like if, if you had to pick one, one thing. One thing. Well, to me, I think I wrote a lot of good things. But well, if uh, I had to pick one, <laughs> pick one, it would definitely be take note of the black professors you see. Because there's not a lot, like you said, Griffin. Take note of the ones you see, because I interviewed Dr. Christina Myers, who's an assistant professor, uh, assistant black professor in the J School. This is her first year at Michigan State. So I interviewed her to get her insight of what she thinks, and she's like, I'm like the only, maybe one of two black professors who do journalism. So if you see those two, get their contact information, make them a safe space so that if you need them, you can go to them. It's all about building connections. And I want these black students to know that... You somebody out there. <laughs> you to find them. Yes. <laughs> and that they matter. Like, with all the socially we did on the state news, like Instagram pages and Twitters, I just wanted to know that you do matter. And you are part of Spartan Nation. Mm-hmm. 
So don't ever think you aren't, because when they say Spartans, they mean everybody who everybody. attends Michigan State University, yeah. not just the white students. They yeah. mean you too. Yeah. So if you're out there and you think that this is not where you belong, I'd say give it another chance. Yeah. Give it another chance. Get out there. Find your people because they are out there. You just got to do a little bit more digging. Yeah. You know, it's hidden, but it's there. Trust yeah. me. And just breathe. You and know, breathe. Just breathe. <laughs> just breathe. It's going to be okay. Like, it is. Like, yes. I have to tell myself that, like, a lot. And look at, you know, look at me right now. Or okay. anybody <laughs> that's okay. out there going through struggles. It's going to be okay. It really is. So, yeah. yeah. I want to thank you both for joining me today. Is there anything else? that we should talk about before we close the episode. I would like to ask you guys, what do you guys do for self-care? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Interesting question. I've yeah. never even asked that question before. Well, um, if you know me, I'm a writer. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys know, but I have this little notebook in my book bag to where when I pull it out or I'm feeling stressed, I just get to writing. And mm. I've been Journaling. writing ever since I was little. Like my mom would say, I just sit there and write pages and pages and pages. Oh. I don't even know what I'm writing. But sometimes I get a pencil or a pen in my hand and the words, they just, it comes to me. Not Kind of like songwriting. Like, have you ever heard artists say that when they think of a song or they find inspiration, the lyrics just come to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel with words. Like, oh. when a pencil gets put to paper, it's not even like I'm trying to think of a topic. It just comes out. So I'm looking at the paper and I'm like, oh, okay. But if you were to ask me what I'm writing about, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's just coming out. Like, it's so just there. So, yeah, I definitely write. I read a lot. I love reading. Um, I love taking time to sit outside. I know it's cold. We live in Michigan. But still (laughs) taking time to sit outside and just breathe and just listen around you because it really helps slow things down. Like, if you're in a rush or you got things, like, they're really, really busy in the week and you just sit there and you're like, it doesn't have to move so fast at all. (laughs) You're just there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, That that is very nice to just sit. I I like doing that, too, just sitting and being like, okay, I'm in this moment right now. Mm-hmm. In a minute, a minute will have passed. <laughs> right. Like that is all that will have happened in the. Yeah, minute. that is all that would have happened. Me sitting here. <laughs> but, um, yes, I mean as we're we're journalists, so like I'm a writer too. Yes, I, yeah. I'm in a screenwriting class right now, and that's actually. Oh, how is that? I'm a film studies minor, y'all. <laughs> if you can take um, intro to screenwriting, I think you should because really, yeah. it's just fun to kind of create like a little other world that I can tap into when I need to get out, mm-hmm. and then I can just write it. And like writing isn't a strenuous thing for yeah, me so yeah, it's yeah. literally just like I'm just loitering around in this little <laughs> make-believe world but yeah. I love listening to music like I recommend making the longest pump-up playlist you can oh my gosh yes because yes. <laughs> sometimes you might be skipping and you're like oh my god these songs always come on trash just trash, make it so trash. long that there's always <laughs> something new and you'll always be excited by what comes on next yes yeah I do the same. I love music. I, I think I'm a music baby. Like, everybody in my family listens to music. They make music. They sing. They dance. Yes. So I think I'm just a music child. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I just listen to music. And me, I'm a video gamer. So, like, if I, like, really, 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 like, pissed or something, I just get on Grand Theft Auto and just, like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, I run people the over like I do <laughs> like that's my stress relief yes. <laughs> but I try to take like more self-care days like go to the spa go get my nails done yeah. you know my hair as a black woman everybody know as a black woman getting your hair done it's is automatically a mood booster like I yeah. promise you it's it like is. depression what I don't know her my yes, hair is done my hair is done I'm the baddest out there okay. <laughs> but yeah that's what I do <laughs> One more thing. 
can wash your face. Wash your face before you go to bed. Please do. Oh my God, you will please. feel so Don't. much better. Yes, you will. Yeah. Wash, wash your, your face. face and your ass butt. <laughs> Yeah, no, be clean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Clean hygiene. Clean. It'll make you feel ten times better. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> well, Jada Shakira, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank yes, you. thank you for having us. It's such an enlightening time speaking thank with both you. of you, and you both are so inspirational and amazing and awesome. And oh, thank I'm just so happy that we got you. to do this. Be sure to check out Jada's story on statenews.com. Yes, and check it out, y'all. I mean, I'm going to throw it in the newsletter again too. I don't. It's a great story. Thank you. Yeah, it was really thank good. You. Well done. Yes. Thank you. And thank you again for tuning into the Dinner Table Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Uh, but in the meantime, have fun, stay safe, and read Jada's story. And drink some water. And drink water and listen to our <laughs> other podcasts. Okay. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.